Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. And we coming from a basement to your headphones, barely even know who we are, but changing the Thank you for downloading the Podcastianos. Now here are your hosts, Jordan Hall and Eric Wayne. Welcome back to another episode of the Podcastianos. I am Jordan Hall, and I'm joined in all this fun and mayhem by a man who's always down for a cheap shot. It's Eric Wayne. Eric, how are you tonight, big fella? Good. Coming out punching. Ready to ready to rumble. Now, obviously, we'll get to the brawl-shaped elephant in the room here in a second. But, Eric, I have to ask you, uh, when's the last time you've really gone at it with someone, you know, busted out the fisticuffs, engaged in a brouhaha? You got all the words going. I'm impressed. It's all the fight words I know. I think the last time I really tried to hurt somebody on purpose, like really was going to fight somebody, it was probably high school. And it was this kid on my basketball team. No, it was eighth grade kid on my basketball team, just needling me, needling me. Then he like jumped on my back in the locker room and I was so mad. So I swung around, I smashed him in the locker. Mm-hmm. And like, if he didn't collapse into a pile, I was ready to hurt the kid. Glad you, that glad was the last time. Yeah. Things could have turned out so much, so much differently. He was significantly smaller than me, too. I would have whooped him. How about you? Are you a pugilist? Uh, no. Are you a fighter? No. I, I can't You're a say lover, I've, aren't you? Yeah. I can't say I've ever been involved in one. Um, yeah, I really don't necessarily have any any stories. Like, the thing is, is I'm I'm six foot three. Like, I've always been a fairly yeah. big guy. Nobody, when you're that big, nobody really, True. like, messes with you. I've never had, never really had the need for it. What so. would it take? What situation would you have to encounter for you to get into a fight i think it would have to be messing with someone i love i mean i th- i think that would probably be about the only thing so like whitney, defending the honor of a damsel yeah like whitney or, or man united um so that's those are probably the two I've, i kid of course your true loves um so this week provided us with one of uh my favorite parts of each season and it's when the tigers players uh wives and girlfriends create the baskets of things that are their their players favorites uh to be auctioned off for charity um you know there's some stuff in there that's fairly standard you got like your your signed equipment all your memorabilia crap like that jerseys cleats um but after that it gets kind of interesting um did you have any of the baskets that you thought were particularly funny or you know something that you that really caught your eye did you go through them well, I didn't catch them all on the broadcast, but I looked them up online here just a little bit ago. And um, Zimmerman's basket, I think, is the most interesting. He has uh, pickled asparagus <laughs> and Worcestershire sauce. I, I've, I've been working on my pronunciation. Worcestershire Worcestershire oh, sauce. That's hot. That's, I think that's right. He appeared to have some Bloody Mary mix in there, too. Oh, is that the I'm pretty the sure. And also, the best thing in there, he has a big old bag of Better Made chips. That's That tells me Zimmerman, I mean, he might not be able to get guys out, not be able to keep the ball in the ballpark, <laughs> but dude's got, chips, got his chip game on lock. Yeah. And it's funny, like, what players donated. Well, I suppose the ones that are married are the ones doing it. But, like, Chad Bell has a basket. 
Uh, I don't, I don't know. It's just kind of a mix and some of them are pretty lavish. And I thought some of them were a little, a little skimpy. I was a little bit surprised at the basket Kate came up with. There wasn't really anything in there that was too awfully interesting. There like, everything was pretty nondescript. There was a bunch of, of dog bones because you know, they're so into their dog. Um, the one that, that really stuck out to me was, uh, McCann has, has a homemade ice cream maker in his, well, or, yeah. uh, Je- I, Jessica, I think is her name. Um, mm-hmm. oh, you would appreciate this. Alex had, I think a disc golf disc in there. Did he, well, where I'm looking at it right now. Uh, it's the thing that looks like a disc golf disc, right? Alex Presley. Oh, Wilson. Sorry. Oh, Alex Wilson. Where? Oh, 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 Alex Wilson. The moose jaw. Frisbee. Yep, I can even okay. tell you what that is. That is a discraft jawbreaker plastic. Now, is that better or worse than the dragon and the rock? It's probably not as good as a rock, but it's a heck of a lot better than a dragon. <laughs> the one that I brought up on Twitter, and by I, I mean the Twitter or the the show's account, was uh, Alex Presley's. He's got the Keurig in there with the Dunkin' Donut K cups. Like not to disparage on Keurigs and regular old coffee, like that's that's what we get, we drink us poor peons. But dude, you're a mm-hmm. major league baseball player. Step up your bean game. Get yourself some yeah. something a little bit better than that. Come on, mix it, mix in some Starbucks at least, at, at least. Um, but I don't know. I think it's cool to see the personal side of the guys. Um, yeah, you know, it, and it's really interesting to see kind of their diverse personalities. Like they aren't just you know baseball chucking and hitting robots. There's 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 personality there and i i enjoy seeing that um but yeah. it brings us to this week's leadoff question what would be in your favorite things basket you know um yeah things that are personal show off you know what you're interested in I, of course i'd put some disc golf stuff in there of course maybe i just put it all in a disc golf bag <laughs> there you go uh with some of my favorite discs you know a thunderbird for sure um Clearly. uh coffee i like to drink coffee uh so a nice good dark coffee dark roast i like mint flavored things so like maybe some andy's mints or something um maybe some nice fancy beer from founders some back some backwards bastard or something like that and then um also um some stroop waffles is one of my favorite treats are you familiar with stroop waffles not even in the slightest okay this is like a dutch treat it's like a dutch confection it's a it's a waffle but they're about the size of a coaster and they're they're like flat and waffle and they're they're like impregnated with caramel i think i know what you're talking about. i think i got one as an yeah. airline uh like you know how they give you stuff mid-flight I yep. think, yeah it was it was good i enjoyed it they're kind of they're kind of bendy and they're very chewy and, and sweet um and then I love I love maps. So I just I, I, I just read a book um, called Great Maps. So I'm putting that book in there. It's a DK book. I love that kind of stuff. So I, that's that's in my basket. What's in yours? What's in your uh, basket? I start with a nice Nike zip up hoodie. Um, I spend about 90 percent of my life in uh, in one of my three or four Nike zip up hoodies. Of course, a pair yep. of Air, Air Maxes. I spend all of my time in those. Um, so- I love the zip up, though. I, I also go to the zip up. You're not looking like some dope trying to take it off, you know? Exactly. And, and you get variable coolness with the zip. Yeah, there's and it it looks a little classier. Like, I don't know. Yeah. You throw on your hoodie mm-hmm. to go to class, you know, when you're 21 years old. You throw on a zip up to go about town when you're an adult. Yeah, we're grown and classy. Grown men. Um, some good coffee, like some Madcap, yeah. some Intelligentsia, um, Counterculture, something like that. Frame pick of Johnny Kane, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. Cookies. Lots and lots of cookies. Do you uh, like soft or do you like the hard cookies? Soft. No, soft, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I told Whitney, I've told her this many times, but I continue to run and to stay in shape so I can eat as many cookies as I want. That's oh the truth um i would have a, a highlight dvd of the united treble um it was from 1999 i would throw that not my personal copy but a copy in there um and some, <laughs> and some coke um of of the beverage variety get your mind out of the mm. gutters um i don't drink a lot of pop but i i love pop and coke um you know i, I try and stay in shape so i stay away from it as much as possible but but if if i had the choice i i certainly would drink that I I bid on your basket, Jordan. Oh, Sounds that's good. That's not you just bidding for the Johnny Kane pick. Don't don't lie to me. 
Right. Do you see included a tie? I figured you'd be all over this. Johnny Kane participated in the Fox Sports Detroit basket. I didn't see that. Yeah. Um, Johnny Kane, think thin protein bars and diagonal stripes tie by John Varvados. Oh, I thought you were going to say by John Kane, which John E. Kane. That's the the grown up version of his of his line. <laughs> Jonathan. Kane. <laughs> um, if you want to get in touch with the show, you can on Twitter. I am at Jordan Hall twenty three. Eric is at Comeric Eric, and the show is at Podcastianos. On Instagram, I am at Jordino four, and Eric is at Comeric Eric. Uh, very original. Facebook.com backslash podcastianos, and we would love it if you would take the time to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, uh, or whatever whatever other platform you're listening to the show on. If you do that, it really helps us to be seen by other people who might enjoy listening to a Tigers podcast. I didn't check this week, but normally I will look and see if anyone has left us a review, and if you have... I will read it on uh, read it out loud on the show so we can all enjoy what you've had to say. Um, so if you do it, make it funny. I'm Blaine Hardy, and you're listening to the podcast, Yanos. Um, it was another poor week of results for the Tigers this week. I feel like that's just kind of standard at this point. But it wasn't boring. It was not, not boring, boring this week. Um, so I have a short brawl recap from an extremely unreliable source. Uh, it's a Twitter account at Comeric Eric. Um, this is oh no. This is what what the the rundown was. Uh, Fulmer hits uh, excuse me. Fulmer hits Sanchez. Not intentional. Canely throws behind Cabrera. Intentional. Batances hits McCann in the head. Probably intentional. Robertson hits Hicks. Not intentional. Uh, Wilson <laughs> hits Frazier. Intentional. It was quite a day. Did I did I get it right? I mean, that was kind of how I saw it. That was just the hit by pitches. Um, there, the biggest question was about Batances. Um, and I, if you're a Yankees fan, you're saying, oh, no, no way he hit him on purpose. And if you're a Tigers fan, you're saying, absolutely, he hit him on purpose. To be a little bit objective – that would have been the first fastball that Batances has thrown for sure this year. I'm trying to think if it was in his career that's ever hit somebody. Yeah, I I don't remember who who came up with all of these stats, and I, I love to cite them. But it was like 1,035 career <laughs> yeah. at bats against right-handed hitters, and he'd hit one of them. Um, I don't know that I believe he was aiming for his head, but right. I have a very hard time believing he wasn't aiming for him. I think it was intentional. And there, there's no there's no defense for that. Like, he very easily could have ended James McCann's career. I mean, look at what's happened with guys like with Morneau. Um, there's other guys that... Kirby Puckett? Sure. That's a little before my time, but I definitely believe you. Um, the concussion thing is just so big and so damaging these days. Like, I mean, that, that legitimately could have been it over a, a scrap that, you know... It happened, you know, that one day, and obviously there was a little bit of history, but it's not something that, like, these guys genuinely hate each other. It was something that, that kind of got got snowballed, a little bit of a, a mob mentality there. And he could have he could have ended his career or worse. Um, I don't think Batances is some some terrible guy. I think he just made a really, really poor, poor decision. Right. Um, so, go ahead. No, go ahead. Um, so... Do you think this was always on the cards, especially since kind of going back to the last time we played them? Or was there a specific um, incident that kind of ignited things? What was the history? I'm trying to remember now. There was some incident even like a year ago where we got plunked, right? Yeah, I think it went back to Sanchez and Fulmer. I don't know exactly. Oh, is that right? I don't, I don't remember the exact instance. Obviously, Twitter could, could – uh, Right. educate us greatly but but um, no i don't i don't think this was something that was you know inevitable i think fulmer fulmer hitting for hitting sanchez in my was completely unintentional yeah, he has right? extremely I, good career yeah. numbers against gary sanchez obviously and it's just good yeah and it's not in the per, it's not in the personality of fulmer to plunk guys on purpose i just i don't believe it yeah he's way too he, he's way too laid back to I think it's super. I mean, even look like when the the brawl was happening, Fulmer was just kind of in the dugout in his coat, mm. just be like, "Sup." Yeah. Now, the fight, the whole business started when Canely plunked uh, 
He threw behind Cabrera. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Keenly threw behind Cabrera. See, that's when it all started. I don't think that's when it all starts. I think that's when it's done. I think Keenly throws behind Cabrera. Everything, you know, he gets tossed. Chapman comes in. I think the situation's done. Miggy's obviously chirping at Romine. When Romine takes off the, the mask, steps yeah. up to Cabrera, that's when... That, in my opinion, and obviously coming at it from a Tigers perspective, that is actually when uh, that's the igniter moment. That's when it, it yep. became something. Um, but, but now, if Cabrera would have pushed him in the chest, right? Just give him that, you know, the kind of courtesy shove or whatever. I think you would have had just a little shove, shove, shove. Cabrera maybe gets a game or two suspension. Instead, Cabrera decides, I'm going to try to deck this dude. Yeah, and he didn't get him. Like and I, he missed. I keep feeling like they're the the Twitter's all like, yeah, he 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 landed, he landed, he didn't land anything. No, he, no, I would no, no, love no. to have. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna go down for throwing punches, you might as well give you know Andrew something to to chirp his brother about. Yeah, like uh, who's the dude who uh, punched Pierzynski, uh, the Cub that punched Pierzynski? Michael. He got yeah, Michael. Michael uh, yeah, Michael Barrett. He got his money's worth, boom, right in the face of yeah, Brzezinski. Yeah, we never got our or- odor on on Joey Bats yeah, moment, which this season has been missing. Done. That like I'm I'm never you know obviously we don't we don't want to see anyone getting into fights, but yeah, Miggy he did not uh, he did not live up to what I would have assumed somebody of Miggy's uh, talent and maybe feistiness level would have done in that situation. If you're gonna get a seven day um, suspension. You want the satisfaction of cracking the guy. I do. I did enjoy like he he got the dukes up and it almost like instantly he went into like boxer mode where he's like he, he kind of <laughs> right. had the 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 he made a decision. Going. Yeah, he was he was in um, and, you know, nobody ended up getting seriously hurt. So it's easier to look back on this and, and laugh. But right. um, it's been a really, really long season. And there's been a lot of frustration for a lot of guys. And, you know, maybe if some something like this had happened uh, during a different season, it wouldn't have escalated so quickly. But right. um, there's a lot of guys on edge. Uh, speaking of guys on edge, Gary Sanchez, uh, he threw a couple cheap shots when guys were on the ground and the Internet took notice. Uh, Pedro Martinez made comments about how, you know, stuff like that will stick with you. He obviously has a reputation now as a cheap shot artist. Um, what, what were your thoughts on on Big Gear getting in there? Yeah, I mean, it's completely inappropriate. You're trying to break up a fight and put it to bed instead of trying to jump in there and get your shots in, right? And he got suspended for four games, I believe. Um, to me, it should have that should have been a few more. Um, so people ask me what I thought about this suspension. Uh, no, well, I guess we can talk more about that later, but no. I, yeah, that's gonna stick with stick with Sanchez, and he looks bad for doing it. Yeah, definitely. And, and I heard I heard uh, rumors. I don't remember who was talking about it, but apparently Aaron Judge was kind of doing the same yep. thing and just didn't get caught. Which you know, at least he was smarter about it, I suppose. Uh, no, let's get into the suspensions right now. The big takeaway for me was nothing for Batances. That that was crazy. That blew my mind. I had no yep. response for that. Um, I was. Texting- I don't. I don't blame them for giving Miggy seven. Mm-hmm. I think that's appropriate. He probably he did start it, but the it was weak on the Yankee side by a lot, especially for Batances. He should have gotten some. And I, you know, obviously he, you know, this isn't to take anything away from his credibility, but Joe Torre being the suspension guru, uh, it, it looks it a little fishy. A little bit, yeah. It may. It may not influence it but it the the optics on this are not good with the yankees involved with tory yeah um yeah so obviously batanzas and alex alex wilson got his suspension that's fine and to be honest with miggy uh i was actually rooting for it to be a little bit longer just to give him a few more days off of his feet um obviously you know people are going to the ballpark they're going to want to see him but uh as far as what's good for him what's good for the baseball club and for the future you know, sitting him down for Take half, some of, time half off. of September wouldn't have been the worst thing. Right. Um, yeah, I <laughs> we had a little bit of a text discussion, uh, but I figured we could have this on the air. Why are the Yankees just so incredibly hateable? Uh, it, it's a combination of the history of big payrolls and the Steinbrenners being 
ugly and weaselly and the mainstream media giving the Yankees all the attention, the Yankees, Red Sox always showing up on Sunday night baseball. Um, You watch Phil, uh, not Phil, Ken Burns documentary uh, baseball, right? The classic documentary. What do you see? You always see the Yankees. Come on, Ken. There's other teams. And that's why the Yankees are so easy to hate because they seem to think it's all about them. Yeah, and that's the thing about the Yankees is over the last, what, 10-ish years, they haven't been overly successful. You know, there's been other teams, Giants, Red Sox, that have been have been way more successful. And truly, at this point, it's the Red Sox are the ones that go out and splash the unreasonable amount of cash. Yet, still, when the Yankees come to town... That's the yeah. team you want to. I mean, obviously, uh, I have a predisposition to dislike people with a Boston accent. You know, we, we all do. Let's not kid ourselves. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's the Yankees. That's, that's who you want to beat, and apparently, who we now want to beat up. Uh, before we move on from the you know tie a bow on the fight altogether, uh, there was much made of the the Verlander Victor Martinez incident, which appeared to show Verlander flipping off uh, Victor. What did you What did you make of that? That was uh, I was. I didn't catch the I didn't catch the flip off, but I I saw them having a little banter, and it looked like Nick was kind of in between, maybe doing some peacemaking. Uh, hey, in the course of that mini game, and when the temper's running high, you have discussions even with teammates about what's going on, and these guys are familiar enough with each other where there's going to be some heat sometimes and some words and maybe a finger. I mean, have you ever given a friend of yours, the finger on a heated discussion? Not necessarily, but I mean, well, probably maybe probably not one of my go-tos anyway, but here's the thing. Like the, it it allegedly stemmed from the perception of Victor speaking Spanish uh, in friendly tones to Sanchez during the brawl. That's apparently what, what riled up Castellanos and, and Verlander. But I mean, they've played together for, I don't know, what, six, seven, eight, nine years? Like, there's a lot of history that one incident is not going to kill that relationship. I I read somewhere that apparently they were playing cards on the plane uh, on the way back. Like, right. They have enough mileage at this point where it's not a relationship damager, I would guess. And think about what you've done and said and you know imply during the heat of of battles in intense moments with with everyone with people that you've had those with like you know stuff that maybe you don't quite mean comes out and they're they're both veterans at this point they can they can move along the anti-osmus crowd was all over this i'm not a uh a osmus apologist i'm not gonna do that but that would not be a reason why i would bust osmus for yes it's two for... grown men having a disagreement <laughs> let's have How's another grown to... men uh, man step in there and break yeah no that's um yeah i feel like maybe we do come a little let's bit go. down on the the osmus apologist side but yeah that's ridiculous um so uh, we're running a little bit long, but let's get into this a little bit. Uh, what are some steps that need to be taken, maybe can be taken? Like, this is extremely dangerous stuff, especially when you have mm-hmm. millions of dollars on both sides worth of players essentially scrapping like children on, on a playground. Uh, do, you, do you or does Chris have any have any suggestions as to what we can do here? <laughs> yeah, that's why this came up. Chris I tweeted out about um, – uh, trying to l- limit the fighting and damage. And he, his idea was, uh, so no one leaves the bull, the dugout, no one leaves the, um, the bullpen, the, uh, you cannot, the outfielders can't go on the infield and the infielders can't go on the grass. Basically, uh, if anybody mobs that they're going to get suspended, you know, whatever it takes to yeah, crack it's like, down like on basketball people. rules. You can't leave the bench. Yeah, you can't leave the bench. Right. And I thought that was a pretty interesting idea. I mean, it, it sure would change fight culture a lot in baseball, how you everybody runs out. But that's not a that's not a bad idea. I, I mean, I just think if you are ruled to have tried to hit somebody intentionally, you need a great big bat suspension. Regardless of whether you succeeded in hitting them, 
regardless in how hard or the game situation yeah all that is regardless if it was retaliation or retaliation or not you just start fining and cracking down and anybody you deem to have hit somebody intentional and you don't say the oh it slipped business like oh sorry we didn't we don't believe you and you hammer them yeah and when it's a starter it can't be six games it has to be you right. know, something where they're some missing teeth. substantial amount of games and and relievers yep. obviously it's a, it's a little bit different um yeah i i agree the problem with it is just it's so ingrained in baseball culture you know the retaliation i feel like every time Stupid. a fight happens this is something that that gets brought up but you're you essentially need to change the thinking of an entire generation and when you have the older generation always mentoring the younger generation it's there's going to be a, a time that you're eventually going to have to draw a line and i don't think baseball is is ready for that i mean clearly not it's like it's like fights in hockey right like, how would you get rid of fights in hockey? Well, it's so ingrained and it's part of the culture. You could get rid of fights in hockey pretty quickly, I think. Yeah, you would just have to make the deterrent bad enough. You just drop the hammer on guys who fight. But the culture's not willing to do that, and that's the same thing with baseball. Yeah, and I, I really don't think Manfred is ready to drop the gloves, so to speak, on an issue like that. A uh, good one. Um, so let's get on to uh, other things that happened on the field but aren't actually baseball-related. It was players' weekend this weekend. Um, what do we think about the uniforms? They were something. They were something. I don't mind them mixing it up, being being creative. I like the special weekend. The uniforms were a little – the orange was a little too much. It was a little hunter hunt, – safety orange, hunter orange. It was too bright. Yeah. I, Even the same design with a, the more normal orange would have done uh, – I think would have been better. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, the hats were I, – I, when I saw the picture of the hat, I'm like, oh, that, that could do. They they played on on real humans a little loud for my taste. But you know yep. what I really loved? I loved the socks. The socks were so many fire emojis. Uh, I don't know. I wasn't really feeling the socks. It looks like they just slapped every color that they had on the socks and like, here is, it is. Is that a problem? I, I thought they were. And super... there was no design. They were, they were just like calico. It's modern art, homie. Oh. All right. Talk to me into it. Socks are great. <laughs> the socks were great. Speaking of great, uh, jazz as the nickname for Hicks. I did not see that one coming. I kind of like it, though. Can you explain it to me? No, of course not. Jazz? Jazz. Like Hicks? Music? Yeah, or, I understand or, that. But or what possibly does that have to Will, do Hicks? Will, Will Smith's best friend on the... That was That's what he Jazz, picked. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I understand that, but why? I don't What's know, but I like it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not him. I didn't I go to I thought there Goose was like some school. clever tie-in or something. No, I just think it's cool. I think oh, it's cool. Okay. Uh, Juicy J for Jacoby Juicy Jones. J. That's a good That's one. I, good. Uh, I didn't mind that. Um, uh, across baseball. Across baseball. Was there one that you loved? Uh, I liked uh, Corey's brother. on. Kyle that was my Seager. favorite, too. That's that's a really good one. Um, yeah. I, I still like Nick. <laughs> Nick. <laughs> uh, yeah. And and uh, Nighthawk, of course. Oh yeah, the the stepbrothers and and Bootsy. I have no idea where that came from, but I I don't see myself referring to Kinsler as Kinsler uh, from here on out. Just just Bootsy. The one thing that I thought was interesting was all the beat writers on Twitter referring to them by their nickname. Like everybody went all in. Like maybe we're taking this just a just a hair too far. Like the scoreboards had it. The broadcast had it. The um the the feed. Like the if you get the app or whatever, had it. It's pretty ridiculous. It was definitely ridiculous. It's, I like it though. It's fun. Let them do something. Yeah. You know, good good for you for not being the NFL. <laughs> True. Um, okay, so let's turn our attention to some actual baseball being played on the baseball field. We are running extremely long at this point, so we'll we'll zoom through this. Um, all of our favorite uh, lefties. Or all of our favorite lefty that's currently in the rotation right now, Matt Boyd, uh, or Matty B, as as we knew him this weekend, uh, has not been doing very hashtag well. Uh, and Osmus had some words for him. I have two quotes. This is the first one. The truth is with Matt Boyd at this point, he's going to have to learn how to pitch or there's going to be a move made with him. And the second quote is, at some point, there is an expiration date on how much rope you're given. 
Yeah. Uh, based on recent performances, uh, where do you come down on the awesomest comments? I think they're good, appropriate, accurate, and sane. What do you think? I think that they are... I think they have to be a motivational tactic. Um, because the thing is, is who's replacing him? Like if, Farmer. If, if you send him down, you know, clearly we, we know exactly what Buck Farmer is. Uh, I, I agree. I mean, Boyd has been very, very bad. Uh, I mean, what, last five-ish starts? He's been extremely hittable. Um, that third inning, man, that's trouble. Uh, I just... I don't see the point in publicly like he hasn't publicly called out anyone all season long. I mean, maybe even in his entire tenure that that just hasn't been a, been a thing. I'm hoping that it's some sort of motivational tactic calling him out in the media, but it feels like a hollow threat because this year, the rest of the season means nothing. Next year is going to be a massive dumpster fire again. Why in the world would we not have a, a long leash for one of the, I mean, five or six guys that could potentially yeah. pitch at the major league level that's ready. I mean, who who is the option? Are you what do you, you want Brad to say that, though? Do you want him to say that? You want him to pussyfoot around it a little bit more and say, oh, you know, uh, Boyd is still a young player and he's really developing and we're going to give him all the chances that we can. And, um, you know, he's still working on some things and he's put going to put it together real soon. I mean, is that what you'd want to hear? I mean that's that's the truth. I don't, I don't I guess I don't really care what he says as long as that's the truth. They can I mean yeah, obviously I, I like Verhagen, but I'm not advocating to see Verhagen in the rotation next year as opposed to giving Boyd more chances. Same with Buck Farmer. I think Buck Farmer has something in that arm. Obviously I think it plays better in the bullpen than I do in the rotation. But there's nobody at AAA right now that I think yep, get them in the rotation as opposed to giving Boyd chance after chance after chance after chance yeah. again. I mean, that's that's what it comes down to. We have the you know, we have the boroughs at double A, Fayetto and, and Manning coming up. Clearly, they're those too are, young. But yeah, that's exactly right. They're not going to yeah. factor into the picture next year. There's there's nobody that is good enough, at least right now, to make it so that Matt Boyd isn't going to keep getting chances. I and, mean, Norris Norris comes back. Maybe Norris. Yeah, but I think next year they both have assured places, right? I mean, Annabelle will be off the books. Yeah, I guess until if, unless Annabelle comes back this year and and Norris is is still around, um, yeah, I, I don't see it being anything more than just a hollow thread because there's there's no serious choice you can make unless you know they're all of a sudden really thrilled about where Buck's at. But which... Boyd has been on what four games now, uh, five games where it's been bad. How I mean, how long do you do that for his own sake? development or not you yeah. can't just run him out there all the time to get shelled yeah and maybe maybe moving him to the bullpen for a couple of weeks letting him you know try and come at it from a different way I, I don't know um i just i think it's very interesting like obviously this was a question that that Osmus was asked like he he didn't just you know offer this up this is something he was prompted to um but the two things that he's been really fired up about recently have been this and the ump thing uh, with Kinsler. <laughs> and I just – he's not doing himself any favors because that's that's interesting priorities on a team where everything right. is going wrong. He should be focused on development, uh, learning what you have, trying to position yourself for next year, learning what you have with the particular players – um, and thinking at, and thinking to the future, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean that... we'll probably get into this more in coming weeks. But the fact that Romine continues to get at bats when you see guys like Jacoby Jones or Dixon on the bench, I just don't get it. Like, I I mean, we're the biggest Romine fans in the world. I, I love Romine, right? But we know exactly what he is, and what he is is a utility infielder slash out. Like, yeah, get Dixon out there, get Jacoby out there. I don't think Jacoby's very yep. good, but I want to know I don't for sure it. going into yep. next year. And we have thirty, you know, thirty-five games left to do that with. Mm-hmm. Okay, I we, agree. we just ranted against Osmus. That's probably the first time we've done that. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right, let's get into your power rankings. Okay, power rankings. Um, as we talk, do you know what significant event is, is happening? Eclipse? Right now, no, Eclipse is done. Right now, while we're talking, I'm talking about nothing else than the Game of Thrones season finale is on TV right now. And I'm sacrificing this prime viewing and risking spoilers so I can talk to you, Jordan. Wow, I'm honored. You feel special. You should feel special. I don't know how many people this is going to apply to, but we're going to do it anyway. Um, so about a year ago, I started watching Game of Thrones. I haven't been following this from the beginning, Nerd. but like, I binged it from the very beginning. Watch Game of Thrones. Absolutely nerding out. Completely guilty. So I have for you the um, top seven and bottom three Game of Thrones characters. Oh. Have you partaken at Not all in this? Not a second. Okay. All right. So this is going to be so, good. Two, two-sided banter. <laughs> maybe a little bit of a monologue, but hey. <laughs> That's what we got for you. Number seven is Bronn. Bronn is the uh, kind of the right-hand man of Jamie Lannister, and uh, he's a sellsword. So you pay him and he fights for you. Hmm. He is one of the only real lighthearted characters on the show, which makes me really appreciate Bronn. He's kind of funny, honest. He says he's in it for the money, and he more or less is. You got a majorly comparison? Um, he would be somebody, uh, I don't know who's kind of lighthearted. Iggy. Uh, Iggy. Sure. <laughs> um, number six is Walder Frey. He's not my only villain really on the list because he's an awesome villain because he is old and ornery and cranky and he's got ugly daughters and, you know, <laughs> I think that's pretty funny. Um, he is played by an awesome actor. His name is David Bradley, and he's just brilliant. I, every time Walder Frey came on screen, I was like, yeah, this is going to be good. So right. I'm going to spare you too many spoilers, but if you haven't watched Game of Thrones, you should not be listening at this point. Just All right. Number five is Olena Tyrell. She is so fun and awesome, super witty and kind of truthful where everybody else in the show is full of crap. She's played by Diana Rigg, who in her day was a legitimate sex symbol. Like if you like the Bond girl femme fatale kind of thing, you have Diana Rigg to thank for that. So is that still- like like back in when you were a kid and, and the floors were dirt and, and stuff like that? No, this is like back in the 60s. Like, she's really old. Now. Oh, so like your teenage years. Laugh it up. Laugh it up, Paul. All right. Number four, and maybe you think this is a little low, friends, but uh, Tyrion Lannister is number four. Way too he's, low. He's, he's played <laughs> too low. Are you making fun of him because he's, you know, played by Peter Dinklage, who's the really small guy? The short man. No, I've I have no idea. <laughs> I know you stumbled into that. But yeah, Peter Dinklage is a really small guy, plays Tyrion Lannister. He's always interesting. And um I, I gotta tell you, I like his character more when he's being sassy uh, than when he's being trying to be vulnerable. The vulnerable thing with with Tyrion never really worked for me. So anyway, Tyrion's number four. Is that the guy that plays Miles Finch in uh Elf? Yes, yeah, yes, yes, yes. The sh- the shorty. Um, he's kind of a majority. Uh, so a uh, comparison there would be maybe El Tuve. Oh, <laughs> that feels insensitive. <laughs> That's maybe a little. I like insensitive. it. All right. Um, number three is Varus. Varus is kind of the schemer, you know, the bald-headed dude. You never know what he's up to. He's got an interesting backstory, and he's more likable and less evil than Littlefinger, which I always, I always 
valued. I like Varys. He's number three. Okay. A little high, probably for most lists, but I like Varys. Number two is Sam Tarly. Samwell Tarly. Um, he gives you kind of that real perspective on, you know, what you do. He's kind of this big fat dude. And, you know, he's kind of wussy. You know, I like I would be wussy. He's scared. Um, fascinating thing, like he doesn't really lose weight, so he's kind of like Hugo on Lost, where you're like, he's how is he like in the wilderness and staying so plump? <laughs> but you have no problem with dragons and zombie White Walkers and stuff. Anyway, this is number two. That's what I wonder about at night too, for sure. That's true. Number one, you got a guess? Um, no. I don't know. I don't know a single character. <laughs> Number one is Jon Snow. He's the only beacon of virtue on the whole freaking show. You can't help but root for him. And, and you know, you have to root for him because he's a handsome devil. I mean, he's he might be better looking than Johnny Kane. <laughs> I'll, yeah, I'll have, to, I'll have to look into him. It seems seems hard to believe, but I'll take your he's, word for it. He's a dreamboat. Okay. Now, you don't have any Bob, dragons listed. I heard there's dragons on the show. How do they yeah, not? There is certainly dragons. They don't really have any speaking parts. So besides like <laughs> stuff like that, that's kind of what they say. That's going to be the new intro for the show. I'm going to skip the music and just play that. <laughs> Me doing dragon impressions. The bottom three. Third from the worst is Sansa Stark. She's probably the biggest character that I hate on this show because she's just so whiny and helpless. Stuff it, Sansa. Okay. Number two, number two from the worst is Shay. Um, spoiler alert here. Uh, she she's dead, so that you know makes up for a little bit. But she was the hooker who shacked up with Tyrion, and I never really got her character like. Was she supposed to be vulnerable? Do you not understand how hookers work? Do you need me to explain? No, I understand. I understand the mechanics. Okay. I don't need a drawing, but I don't know. I just didn't get her character at all. Um, The worst character on Game of Thrones, and you don't have a guess, do you? Not even. No. no. Is Dario Naris. Oh, how could you hate a guy with a name like that? Dario Naris. He's the commander of the Second Sons. Uh who Daenerys Targaryen conquered in like season two or was two or three. But the craziest part is they changed um, actors of this character. So like, it's, like, it's like an Aunt Viv situation. And like, yeah, it's totally Aunt Viv. And you're like, who is this guy? Because the old guy was completely clean shaven and had long straight hair. And the new guy had a beard and was, was complete, looked completely different. And you're like, what the heck is happening? Not only that is he's a bad character that he should just left him behind in Essos to take care of these cities. He's not even helping. Like the guy and Danny are hooking up, but it doesn't mean anything. It's stupid. It's a worse character. Why? Why? Come on. It's bad. It's power rankings. Hello, this is Eric's mom and you're listening to the podcast. Yanos. I was moving. Such a bad character. Stop. <laughs> um, okay, so I have a brief story uh, for things that I saw on the side of the road while running. Um, so the the route that I run most days, uh, there's been a pop-up camper on the side of the road for sale for sure. last, last couple weeks. You know, just a for sale sign written in wood in front of it, as as you would. Um, you know, looks decent enough. So uh, there's it's kind of backed in on the side of this long driveway. It's about halfway up to the house. Um, okay. But today I was running by and people appeared to be purchasing it. Oh, um, so they were they were. And then on the way you back, got a front row seat to some sales. Oh, yeah, definitely. So on the way back, they were looking looks like they were ready to, to hook it up. And instead of backing their the rear end of their truck up to the, the, the pop up, they have four of them that lift the pop up the front and drag it around to the rear of their truck which is far more okay. difficult um, than just moving the thing that moves. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much the story. They they dragged it instead of uh, just rearranging where their vehicle was. Um, it played much funnier in my head. It made me laugh as I was running by. That that sounds really pretty funny. <laughs> Let's do some. No, those, 
those pop-up campers, you can if you you can kind of manipulate them and move them with people. It's not so so hard. They were they were struggling. Oh, well I mean, then, yeah, maybe they, they maybe they were weak. I I don't know. I I have not tried they were to weak people. I have not personally tried to move a pop-up, but you know. Anyway, let's move. Whenever on. I walk walk past somebody, I'm like, "There's a weak person." <laughs> judge them. <laughs> Me too. Let's move on to some Twitter questions. Uh, Jeremy Troy asked us uh, to talk about Lucas G. Lito. Small sample size, but looking uh, small sample size, but looking good against our not very good baseball club. Discuss. I feel like we talked about this early in the year when we actually had hope that there were these kind of unknown or rookie pitchers who d- dominated us. So can we add this guy to the list? No, he's a he. I mean, he's not a, a super super high prospect anymore, just because the prospect shine has faded a little bit. But there was a point when he was the best pitching prospect in baseball. Um, oh. I mean, he's he's really good. The stuff has always been there. Uh, it's just a matter of consistency and hitting spots, from what I've read of him in the minor leagues, and he. He certainly did that against us. Um, the, like you say, though, the problem with with judging how he looks against us is we suck. So <laughs> we are not so good right now. Um, at Evan Ken ninety five asks us thoughts on the Little League World Series. Have you been keeping up on that? No, no. I, I have to confess to you. I feel like the Little League World Series seems a bit exploitative. Yes, I completely agree. It gives me, it weirds me out. Like we're putting these kids on TV and putting all this pressure on them. They're kids yet. Uh, Why do we need this on ESPN? Yeah. In addition to the fact that these kids should not be throwing as many breaking pitches as they are at 12 years old. That's doing nothing for them. Um, Obviously, you want to to get yourself you know, comfortable with the grip. But if they're throwing hundreds and thousands of curveballs over the course of the summer, that's not good for their arm. I mean, if they're, you know, you can throw it well at, from, from good, from a good mechanical standpoint and not do, but I, yeah. I wouldn't want my kid throwing that many breaking pitches that some of these kids do at that age. I, I hate to be a wet blanket, but I'm kind of anti little league world series. And to be honest, ki- things that kids do don't super interest me. Like if I have the chance to watch that or a baseball player or baseball game played by the best baseball players in the world, I'm 100% of the time going to pick to watch the game played by adults. Um, he also asked us about our level of concern about Victor Martinez, who's as you know, um, back on the DL with an irregular heartbeat again. I, some uh, some concern. Um, he's been on the DL once with this. His dad died young of a heart attack. Um, and, uh, you know, I didn't tweet about it because I usually, you know, just tweet jokes and stuff. But that's it's it's serious like you you don't want to mess with that if you're him no absolutely not you're i mean it's his heart like that is that's the thing you know the heart and the brain like with your family history and stuff uh you know i think people tumbled right away to oh maybe this is a get out of contract free card and, and stuff like that just let that play the play its course out um there may be some ramifications for next year but for now just let him let him take care of himself yeah from from a baseball perspective uh no real concern one way or the other because he's been terrible but from a human perspective yeah definitely quite quite a bit um billy robinson asks us uh who would you make mlb commissioner if you could his choice would be john smoltz i thought that was an interesting question Mm, shack (laughs) the league would go in a very different direction I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. This is something that I, I probably should have thought about a little bit more. Um, I don't know. I, f- I feel like there there's plenty of, of broadcasters who have really good ideas. Doug Glanville is a, is a name that comes to mind. He's a really smart guy. Seems to be fairly forward thinking. Um, How about Jonah Carey? Yeah, there you go. That's a that's a really good option. I think he's got a, a certain... Um, or um, Nate Silver? No. No. I mean, sure. Why not? Don't want. Don't still, like nerds. <laughs> still would be a better choice than than what we currently have. Um, or commissioner Grant I guess, Brisby. I guess I I associate all uh, commissioners with Roger Goodell and how terrible he is. I probably shouldn't yeah. put that on on Manfred. Um, last one. Our buddy Jake Skronik asks us: New Taylor Swift. How bad is it really? It's not that bad, Jacob. Back it's off. It's pretty bad. It's, it's bad. It's not that it's bad. bad. The album's gonna Did be you- good. 
did you hear the um, clip where they put the chorus of the new T-Swizzle with uh, right, Red Fre- right Fred said I'm too sexy and how it matches up? I did not. That, that. I, you cannot listen to the song now without listening to the chorus and you think, um, too sexy for my shirt, too sexy. It, it goes right with it. Anyway, she's, she's the Blaine Hardy of music. I will defend her. T-Swizz. <laughs> um, okay, let's uh, – that, that's about it. If you want to get in touch with the show, you can. Uh, on Twitter, I am at JordanHall23. Eric is at Comeric Eric, and the show is at Podcastianos. On Instagram, I am at Jordino4, Facebook.com backslash Podcastianos, and we would love it if you would take the time to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, uh, or whatever other platform you're listening to the show on. And you shake your head, yes, we, you should leave us a review on all of those. Um, <laughs> do you have any other anything else to say to the people before we get out of here for the week? Honorable mention best characters include Carl Drogo, Theon Greyjoy, Tormund, Giants Bane, Davos Seaworthy, Miss, uh, Melisandre, and the Hound oh, are all good. The Hound. Um, worst honorable mention includes Grey Worm, Jorah Mormont, Loras Tyrell, and Rickon Stark. Rickon Stark. How can you useless. possibly keep track of this many characters named that many weird things? so good do you have like a notepad that you that you just jot notes down during the during the show no you know the essence of of all the characters sometimes you need a little help to remember the okay who is this and and uh, what's their name but no you you know you know so good give me my dragon show (laughs) such a nerd um programming note we may or may not be recording next week it'll kind of just depend on if anything happens the plan was to take this week off and then stuff happens so here we are um but if if nothing entertaining happens over the next week maybe we'll take next week off and get back to you the following week um it has been a little bit of a a stretch putting together an hour's worth of hashtag content uh just because of how how dull the season's been but um, as always we appreciate you guys listening um bearing with us and uh, as always, if you have anything you'd like to hear us give hot takes about, feel free to tweet us or the show, um, and we'll get to it. That being said, we will catch you guys at a later date. This is where you say goodbye. You didn't do Eat em Up Tigers. Oh, gosh darn it. Struggling. You, um, are, I'll edit are, all Are we out. changing? No, no. You got to leave it now. <laughs> Words um, and all. Yeah. All right. That being said, uh, we will catch you guys <laughs> next week. And Eat em Up Tigers, eat em up. Goodbye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.